0: Welcome back to all of our listeners and happy 2019. We took a few weeks off from the podcast so that everyone could celebrate Christmas and New Year's with their families. And then at Family Church, we did something that we do every single January. We went on our staff retreat and I'm here with our communications director, Leslie Bennett. And we thought we would talk today about the importance of retreats while it's fresh on our minds.
1: That's right, Jimmy. And plus, it fits with our theme for this season, which is creating a thriving church culture. It's also the theme for our Sharper Conference yeah. coming up in March. And retreats are really one of the primary ways that we build culture here at Family Church. That's why they really are so important to us. That's why we call this relational rocket fuel.
0: Yeah, I like it. So when you put relational rocket fuel on the title, there's no telling what people were expecting. That's right. <laughs> but we're talking about retreats for your church staff. Mm -hmm. Let me talk about why Mm -hmm. we do retreats at Family Church. It is Relational Rocket Fuel. That's the title of the episode. And the reason we say it's that is in order to build the kind of relationships that facilitate the kind of culture that we want, we've got to spend time together. So people have to learn to like each other. They've got to get to know each other. We need to know about each other's families. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens on retreats, you go out of town, you take people out of their normal routine, both at work and at home, and you commit just a few days and nights together to where you kind of are getting to know each other in a different environment. Also, there's not the press of the daily grind of work to do because we do a different kind of work while we're there than we would do every day. So I believe it is relational rocket fuel. And I think that's part of kind of the secret sauce Mm -hmm. at family church is that we really do spend time together. We know each other well, and we enjoy being together. Another factor is spiritual renewal. And this is one, Leslie, that you really help a lot with and speak a lot into, is while we're gone, this can't be all about business. Because my personal tendency and kind of probably a potential pitfall of my own personality and and leadership would be I would tend to kind of lean into the work mm-hmm. and the nuts and bolts and let's talk about this and let's strategize about that. And while we're away, one of the things that we have to be disciplined to do and that we get to do is we get to worship together.
1: That's right. And we've really been intentional the last few years to try to build in a little bit of a rhythm to our retreat so that we do start with some worship time. We start with some devotional time. We start with prayer time. So we have those aspects built into the skill building or the just business, church business that we're right. going over, the policies, the procedures, the initiatives that we have coming up. So we have that built in. And I just want to touch base on the relational rocket fuel as well. When you spend time with people and you just have that downtime, and mm-hmm. we also build in fun times. We um, do. So we maybe play some games or we intentionally go and do some things together that we wouldn't normally do when we're right. here at work. And that's really. Built those relationships, you get to know people better, you get to laugh with them, you get to know goofy things about them that you're not going to find out in the office. And so I think that it's just so valuable that we spend that time, and and it's hard to take that time because it's hard to take your staff away from their families, Mm -hmm. it's a challenge. When we go in January, we'll talk about that in a minute. We have a lot of people that go with us, so there's some logistics involved, but it really does, I think, pay off.
0: And I think part of, too, of building the culture is not just the relational side, the spiritual development and renewal side, Mm -hmm. but we also get a chance to reinforce our doctrines because we're a confessional church. I mean, what we believe matters to us. And so getting to reinforce that, and one of the things we do is we just take everybody that's employed here, everybody that we can on this retreat. So it's a lot of people for us. But while we're there, we're going to reinforce doctrine. And the truth is, there's probably every year maybe... 10 to 20% of people who go on the retreat every year is the first time they've ever been on one. Yeah. And so maybe they aren't aware of the different things that we believe as much as we want them to be. And so that's another thing that we do. And then we do some vision casting while we're there. And so we get to think about where our church is going and how the the task that we're doing and the initiatives that we're trying to carry out in the coming months or in this in this year, how does it fit into a bigger picture, a bigger trajectory of what God has for our church. And then this special time together also allows us to transfer DNA. Mm -hmm. So we get to talk about what our values are. We get to breathe the same air. We get to share common language. We get to hammer some stuff out, answer questions. People say, you know, Pastor Jimmy, why do we do this? And can I can I meet with you tonight because I want to talk to you about that? Or can, hey, during lunch, can we sit together because I want to flesh this out? And just gives us lots of opportunity to push DNA out throughout our organization.
1: And you're so good about that. I love every time we do a session, we'll usually have a time of Q&A mm-hmm. so that people can interact and ask questions, whether it's with you or if we bring in a speaker to talk about a certain topic, you'll do the Q&A with them, and we all get to learn together. And I know you put so much emphasis on bringing people on the retreat, especially the new people. Right. Because you know how valuable that time is and how you can make so much progress in a short amount of time. You could spend weeks, months, even... Possibly years trying to assimilate that DNA into right. somebody, but if you can take them away for two or three days, you can really do that dump, and people right. really get it a lot faster.
0: <laughs> Come on the retreat; we'll take a dump together.
1: Isn't yeah. that oh, what you, know, what you just said, Leslie? I guess we did. <laughs> okay.
0: So, anyways, I don't know if that's going to be on the podcast or not, but whatever. The point is, we will definitely be able to transfer some DNA yeah. in that way. That's right. Let's move on because this is getting that's worse. Bad. Yeah. Well, we do have different kinds of retreats. And one of the things that we learned from years ago, there's a book by a guy named Patrick Lynchioni that was called Death by Meeting. And in that book, he talked about the frustration that organizations have with the different kinds of information that they need to share, the different kinds of conversations that they need to have, and the fact that there are not very many forums for conversations like that. And so some of the frustration that you're going to have organizationally is you're you're in a meeting that's weekly and it's only an hour, Mm -hmm. but you really need to talk about longer-term strategic initiatives. Or there's a meeting and it's only an hour, but you really need to go over policies and procedures. But my gosh, that's so boring and it doesn't actually move the ball down the field for what we have to do right now or this month or this week. And so he talked about different kinds of gatherings. And one of the things he talked about was the offsite. And so we do that. We have different kinds of gatherings, different kinds of meetings, and these retreats are vital. So Mm -hmm. we have a winter retreat, which is every January. And we basically invite every person on what we would call the ministerial staff Team. And that's very broadly applied. So basically every full-time person that's a, a ministry-focused person in terms of their vocation. So like children's ministers, student ministers, teaching pastors, administrative pastors, all all of these people and we try to get as many of them to come as we, as we can. Mm-hmm. Full-time employees are required to come, part-time are encouraged to come, and by vocational who are not paid are also invited and you know, expected but not required. And so we want to get everybody that we can. And while we're there, we... We have a whole agenda that we put together for months ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So kind of, uh, Leslie, you and I and some other folks that meet at at what we call our team leaders meeting every week, our team leaders have put this agenda together, prayed over it, looked at it, talked it through over weeks and months so that when we get to the retreat, we really have the thing scoped out and timed out every minute of every day. Now, Built into that, though, as you said a minute ago, is downtime, time for sidebar meetings, Time for certain kind of meetings that have to happen every week, such as our preaching meeting, mm-hmm. a time for people to return phone calls and emails, fun time, recreational time. Whenever we go, usually the national championship for college football is on. So we definitely build, build time, in time in, for that. Build it in for that. Order some wings. We have a great time. And you know, as we do all of that, that's how we accomplish these goals. Relational mm-hmm. rocket fuel, spiritual renewal, spiritual renewal, reinforcing doctrine, casting vision, transferring DNA that's what we do.
1: Yeah. And if I could speak a little bit to the agenda, I think the fact that we know that this is built into the rhythm of our meetings, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll have something come up and we'll say, let's put that on the agenda for the retreat. Right. So we'll start to keep a little list, not just, right. you know, right up to the retreat, but throughout the year when mm-hmm. we see something that's rising up, well, let's put that down the agenda for the retreat. So then we kind of come to our planning time and we have this long list of things that we've said, let's talk about at that at the, at the <laughs> retreat. We need a
0: longer retreat.
1: Right. Then we have to decide, okay, okay, what are the things we really need to talk about at the retreat? And I think really it flows from your heart too, Jimmy, when it comes to putting that agenda together. What are the things that you're sensing our team needs to hear? For example, at this last retreat, we decided to cover theology again, which is something that we hadn't done since 2013. And so you wanted to spend some time. We have a lot of new people. We haven't gone over our core theologies. And so we spent a lot of time doing that. Right. Yeah.
0: And we're going to do that because like like you said, because of the turnover in an organization, the bigger your organization is, the more turnover you tend to have and you've got to continually reinforce all of these things. And so we're definitely doing that mm-hmm. as we go through our different cycles and iteration of our retreats. Then we have our summer retreat. And Leslie, the summer retreat a little bit different than the winter retreat. It
1: is a little bit different. So it's a smaller retreat and it's a little more focused. And again, as our organization has grown and changed, I think our retreats have grown and changed in some aspects. So there used to be just a smaller team. And so both right. the whole team went on both retreats. Now, as the team has grown, we've had to make some decisions about that. And basically the last few years. You've kind of said as the leader, I'm gonna reserve the right to take whoever I want on the summer retreat. <laughs> that's right. And I, so
0: <laughs> And I, I learned that from Andy Stanley because okay. Andy Andy always says, look, don't let the organizational talk chart dictate who has to be in certain meetings. Get mm-hmm. the right people in the right meetings who can speak into the right things at the right time. And that's such a viable leadership lesson because sometimes we feel obligated by an organizational chart or by our normal weekly meeting structure to let those set the agenda or the attendance for these retreats and that's a horrible thing to do because if we need to talk about like th- this this summer summer of 2019 we're mm-hmm. talking about how to launch new churches and new campuses and trying to come up with a new set of policies and procedures and ways that we're going to do that mm-hmm. well There are some people who are going to be very important about speaking into that that don't fall in any normal place in the organizational chart. So I can't just take all the campus pastors because some of them are going to have more to say on this topic than others. I can't just take everybody on the Matrix team because some of them will be better than others. There might be some facilities, folks. There might be some people who are volunteers who need to be at this meeting. So we want to have the right people at the summer retreat. Winter retreats for everybody, and that retreat is much more formatted for large group presentations, Mm -hmm. not as much give and take and back and forth. There is some Q&A, but even that's in front of a large group. And then the summer retreat is a much smaller group focused on an issue. We're usually trying to create a product out of that. Mm -hmm. And we only want the people who are the best people to speak to that topic on our summer retreats.
1: Yeah, and it's been last year we did the campus pastors and directors because we made an organizational shift to put them at the tip of our organization. So we said, let's put them into this retreat. Let's figure out how we can do this better, how we mm-hmm. can help them lead better, how we can put them, you know, position them to really grow their campuses. So we brought the people that could really speak into that right. and help speak into that. So you really just have to know where your organization is, the things that you're hoping to accomplish as you move forward into the future, then Arrange to bring those people right it works really well
0: well i just I just think what you said about our organization changing too is so vital because someone could be listening to this podcast and they could be saying, "Hey, listen, this is church for the rest of us. I'm a single staff church. It's mm-hmm. just me and a part- time administrative assistant or you know I have a part- time music minister and a full- time kids person or whatever. Listen, wherever size church you are in, I would recommend you try to find a way to build retreats into the regular rhythm of building your culture at your church. And you say, well, we don't have any budget for that. Okay, someone in your church has a cabin somewhere, and they will let you use it. Somebody has a house at the lake. Somebody has a place up in the mountains. Somebody has a place at the beach. It doesn't have to be a lot of people, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You can buy your own food. You can cook for yourself. You can do this for very, very, very little money. And I know that because we have done all of the above.
1: Yeah, don't you tell our listeners about your <laughs> okay. our first retreat your first retreat as the pastor of what was then First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach
0: yeah it's funny Leslie when I first came here I went in to see our administrative pastor Kevin Mahoney and it was before I'd even moved into my house or anything I said look Kevin I want to begin to build the culture of our church and so I want to take our staff on a retreat he said that's a great idea I mean this is like eight or nine people mm-hmm. and I said okay so here's what I want to do I want you to find us a place at the beach we'll meet we'll go eat' we'll have some fun together. We'll go over a bunch of stuff and I'll begin to kind of learn about them. They can learn about me and we can begin to build a strategy Mm -hmm. as we kind of move into this next season of the life of our church. He said, okay, well, I mean, I could tell I was kind of nervous about it, but I thought, hey, this guy's probably never been on a retreat. What what, what does he know? Doesn't like retreats. Doesn't like retreats, whatever. So- we go and we do it. We end up going. So he rents these two condominiums. And so we split up into two groups and you know, one of them's for the guys and one of them's for the girls. And so we're all sleeping on the floor and on sleeping bags and on couches and multiple people do a room. And there's just like one or two bathrooms for everybody. And so it's just kind of packed. We had our, our meeting room was the living room mm-hmm. and we had a flip chart in there and we just kind of did it. And then I remember our big expensive meal is we all went to Benihana's right. <laughs> and, had some, and had some stir fry at Benihana's. Mm-hmm. So that was our big time. Well, we did have a great time. Well, I find out later basically our church is totally broke. We didn't have any money at all. And basically, Kevin and his wife, Jonelle, paid for that retreat out of their own pockets. Wow. Because he didn't want to admit to me. You that we didn't that. have a few thousand bucks okay. to take people on a retreat. <laughs> I remember the next year things were getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. By then Kevin had quit, and so he wasn't <laughs> working here anymore. Even though he's still he's still in our church and a great friend of mine. And so I remember telling my mom, "This is so funny." I'm telling I'm, I'm like I'm like 37 years old. I'm <laughs> telling my mom, "I'm like mom, I need to take my church staff on our retreat. We just don't have any money. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do." And so she calls me back and she says, "I've been talking to your dad." And we had some money saved and we're going to give you some money so you can take your staff on a retreat. So my
1: mommy
0: mommy paid, gave me some money (laughs) so we could go on a retreat together. And that's how we did the second time. And we did again. We stayed, we rented the cheapest condos we could. We rented them on Hotwire, the Hotwire from Orlando. And we rented two condos, again, sleeping on the floor, on the couch and air mattresses, sleeping bags all over the place, sharing rooms. Couldn't rent a conference room. Did it in the hung up big pieces of paper in the living room, and we just we just did it. We cooked our own food. We didn't go out to eat, and then we found somebody at a lake place. And we started doing it there. And again, air mattresses, couches, sleeping bags, cooking our own food. You can do it on the cheap. That's right. You know, thank the Lord. Now we're in a different shape. We're mm-hmm. in a different position. We we have a much different setup. We have a lot more resources to use. But I just want you to know, church for the rest of us folks you can do it. You can do it with volunteers. You can do it for cheap. You can do it for almost nothing. And I'd encourage you to pursue it.
1: I do want to say that people do still sleep on the floor, that some people do still have to bring sleeping bags. That um, is so true. we aren't exactly in the in luxurious accommodations when it comes to everybody having their own space. But that's part of what makes it fun, it is. I think, because everybody's in the same space. And we do, just so our listeners know, we do always have separate accommodations for the men and the women. And so we're looking forward to this year, the women. We have our own house, and we might plan our own activities. No telling what. Um, so you might not know what's going to happen even know. over there in the women's house.
0: That's so, right. So yeah. all of that just to say, look. We've tried to cover as much as we can on these retreats. There's a lot you might want to know, and we want to cover more of that and talk to you more about that, about how to build these relationships, how to build in your doctrinal distinctives into your culture, Mm -hmm. how to build the foundations of your culture. And this is how you get on the same page. This is how you stay on course. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to consider that. Now, if you want to hear more about this stuff, you should come to the sharper conference and you should go online and register right now at SharperConference.com. It's January. It's cold where a lot of you people live, but it's not cold where we live. It is warm. And by March the 7th, it's going to be positively hot. So I want you to come down here, spend some time with us, spend the day with us when March the 7th comes around and you ought to register. And the reason that we can do the sharper conference for a low cost, nobody gets an honorarium. There's no green room. Nobody's making any money at any of this. Because we are sponsored, you do pay a small fee to come that all goes to the cost of the conference, and we are sponsored by some great sponsors such as LifeWay Christian Resources. Thank you so much to LifeWay for caring about church for the rest of us and all of our listeners and our partners at the North American Mission Board. Both of these organizations are helping to fund this conference so it can be excellent and we can keep the costs low for our listeners. So get ready to come to Sharper Conference, March the 7th, SharperConference.com is where you register. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you to. Hey until next time this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to church for the rest of us.